you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Assistant Pastor Tim Rogers. So I'm not going to keep you in this, uh, suspense about what the message is going to be called, at least. I'm going to give you that right off. Amen. All right? So as um, I was preparing for this and uh, kind of mentioning a piece of it to apostles, uh, God laid on my heart almost the exact same thing that he preached about last week. All right. So he has given me a little bit different rendition of it. So we're going to go over that again, because I think it's important that if God laid it on his heart and then laid it on my heart, then we need to hear it. Amen. Amen. And all of it we're getting to this today is confirmation. All right. So this morning, the message is going to be keep swimming. Part two. Amen. All right. All right. So as we've been talking about this, coming into this new year, what has Apostle been talking about? Expectation, right? So we've been learning over the last several weeks about what this expectation is and that we need to have a spirit of it, amen? That it's not just enough to say we believe, that we got to expect behind that, right? So it talks about that in the sense of just like as we think about James, right? It says, be doers of the word and also hearers, right? Deceiving, not deceiving yourself, all right? So understanding that there is something that we need to do if we really are expecting something from God, right? And that in this season, in this year, in our lives, he said he's going to do great things if we expect it. All right? So we've built that foundation. So let's continue on with that. So as we talk about this, one of the things that um, Jesus even encountered when he was ministering, when he went to... Nazareth, right? When he went back to his hometown, right? Y'all, re- y'all recall the events of that story? All right, so I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit for you this morning. So he goes back with his disciples, and on the Sabbath, he starts teaching in the synagogues, right? And everybody's amazed. They can't believe the power and the authority that he is speaking with, the things that they are learning from him. And they're in a state of awe, almost like if the president showed up here. What would people do in North Carolina if he just showed up at their doorstep? That's the type of thing that was going on here. All right. And as he was going through, as that um, was continuing to happen, he then the people start wondering, well, who is this? Well, it's kind of interesting that they asked that question. Right. Who is this? Right. So they said, isn't that that carpenter's son? (laughs) Isn't that Mary's? son. Isn't that so-and-so's brother or sister, right? Right? And then at the end, it says that he could do no mighty works but lay hands and heal a few folk, right? Because of their unbelief, all right? So what I want you to see here is, is that that unbelief that he was talking about really started with their expectation. So when they first saw him, They couldn't believe what they were hearing. It was so great. It was so awesome. The master was speaking things to them, and they were hearing it. And then then it changes. Well, who is he? Where did he come from? Where did he get this knowledge from? Right? So their attitude toward Jesus changed because they thought they realized who he was. Oh, boy. Right? They just said, oh, isn't that just that carpenter? Isn't that just Mary's boy? 
All right. So when they did that, the Bible makes it very clear. They said they became offended of him. Now, why were they offended, though? That's the question we have to ask. And the reason they were offended was it's like me saying that I want to give you some expertise on how to be God. But I can't do that because I'm not God. Right. So the words that I'm speaking don't really mean anything because I have no idea how it is to be God. So that's the same way they kind of looked at Jesus. Once they figured out that he grew up there and he was born there and that he was just Mary's son, then it was, well, you know, I don't know. Jesus, why are you telling us this stuff? Because they didn't understand who he was. And when they didn't understand who he was, their expectation went right out the door. Now, here's the question, though, we have to ask ourselves. Can we do that? Can we do that as it relates to Jesus? Can we marginalize Jesus by our lack of expectation of him? So much so that we're no better than those people in Nazareth. Could we do that? Yeah, we could. I've actually done it. Anytime that I have said, God, I know you healed that person, but I'm just not sure about me. God, I know that you delivered that person, but if... I, I don't know. My situation is different, God. It's a little, I got a lot more going on here. God, I know I need this, Lord, but I just really can't see my way out. Hmm. Those are all things where we're marginalizing our expectation of him without even realizing it. Because we are saying those words that aren't faith-filled. It's no different than me. How many people were born here in Charlotte? All right, we got a handful, right? So that means a lot of people weren't, just like my hometown. So if I go back up to Baltimore, where I was born, there are a lot of times when I go to family and friends and back to school, and they just say, oh, that's just little Timmy. Right? That's who I am to them, not understanding that I've grown, not understanding what God has called me to do. Now, granted, this is not a prideful thing. I'm just saying that even us can experience exactly what Jesus experienced in his hometown. That you could be around a family member. Oh, that's only little Susie. Little Susie doesn't know anything. Mm. Mm. You're trying to help your cousin out. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you were doing it with me. Yeah, but I'm not doing it now. Right? So even we can be marginalized, even in our own situations about who we are. And a lot of the times it's because they don't want to hear what we're saying. Well, why is that they don't want to hear? Because we're speaking light. So the thing that's turning them off is just the same thing that turned the people off in Jesus' town was the light was emanating from him. And then when they saw the light, then they tried to justify who he was. We have the same thing going on here all the time. People are trying to justify what your dream should be. People are trying to justify what your purpose should be. People are trying to justify how important you are to the kingdom. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe. Right. So we have to have an expectation of God and what he's going to be able to do for us. Amen. Without it, then we're, we're not progressing toward that dream or vision that we have. Yeah. 
understanding that that dream and vision came from him. Right. So that's one thing that we have to make sure that we continually have is a spirit of expectation. When Apostle spoke that a couple weeks ago, it was all over me because I look back at the many a times in my life where that wasn't what I was doing. I was half. Right. I was like James used to say, that double sidedness. I was unstable in that area because I didn't really believe. I didn't really expect God to come through for me, but I do now. (laughs) And you should have the same attitude and conviction within you, right? All right. Amen. Amen. So as we talk about this a little bit, all right, I see you guys are switched to technology. Hey, hey. All right. So last week we talked about uh, Joseph's dream, right, and the things that he went through in his life and understanding those points. And I don't know, when I thought about Joseph, it just kind of seemed to mirror my life. How much stuff has happened to you? How many problems have you been through? How much heartache have you experienced? How much sadness had you had to endure? So we all can relate to the thing that we saw with Joseph, right? So as we talk about it this week, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're not going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Abraham, all right? So we're not going to go into a greater detail about his life as we did Joseph last week, but I do want you to see that even the people in the Bible went through things, that they're really no different than us. They were just a man or just a woman, all right? And as we start thinking about this, what were some of the things that went, he went through? All right, so he had a famine during his time, right? He ended up having to go to Egypt. His wife, at one point in her life, was barren, so they couldn't have any children, right? There were two separate <laughs> times when he told uh, Sarah to that, tell people that she was his sister, right? right? So he had some family issues with Lot, right? So they divide up the land and... You know, he's on the east, you know, Abraham's on the west, and they get into it, and their herdsmen start fighting, and they're like, look, we got to get away from each other, right? So family issues. And I'm only just skimming the surface. Those are just small things. Wars breaking out. He had to save Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah, right? He had to pull his butt up out of there, right? So all of these things are taking place, but God gave him a promise. All right, so let's talk about that promise. Let's turn to the promise. Let's go to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, we're going to start reading at verse 1. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start reading. Genesis 12 and 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, all right, so at this time he hadn't changed his name to father of many nations, all right? So Abram, get out of your country from your family. So God is separating him, all right? And from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Mm. So now (laughs) the Lord is telling him to go somewhere, but he ain't even really sure where he's supposed to go. So now he has to walk by faith because he can't see where he's going because he don't know where it's at. All right. Amen. I will make you a great nation. All right. So here's the promise. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. 
and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. So this is the initial promise that Abram at this time gets from God. All right. So last week we talked about Joseph that had a dream. All right. That was a, for lack of a better term, a physical dream, meaning that he saw that as he was sleeping, a dream. Abraham gets his dream, though, from a God said. Because at this point, he doesn't really know anything about this dream, but it ends up turning into his dream. That God, you said that I would be blessed, that I would have nations. Amen. Right. So that God said turned into his dream. The God said turned into Abraham's dream. Okay. So how many times have we had God tell us something? And we heard that God said. But it didn't resonate into us that it was our dream. So here's the expectation that God has. God has the expectation that when he gives you that word, that that word is going to become an anchor in your soul for your dream. Now, here's the great thing. God kept reminding him. There are several times in the scripture where God reminds Abraham, this is what I told you. He told him to look at the stars one time. If you can count those, he told him to look at the sand, if you can count that, right? So he's reminding him as he goes along. Every time God reminds Abram, he, okay, God, that's, that's my dream. That's my dream. So are we taking hold of the dreams that God has spoken to us? Because sometimes we say, God, we just want to hear something. We just want to see it. We want to see that thing. Well, what happens if he doesn't show it to you that way? What happens if he's just spoken a word to you? Now, I know, I know. I've, I've, I've bypassed that myself. I've done it. God, you said, what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Right? So immediately upon hearing that thing, I just negated it. God, that's not part of my life. You ain't called me to do that. Come on. Are you serious? You want me to, to teach? Are you? Nah. Mm-mm. Nah. Right? So what I was doing was is that my expectation wasn't around the fact that God could do that in me. Because it was all about me. I can't do it, God. I can't get in front of people. I don't like reading in front of people. I don't want to be standing in front of hundreds of people, having them look at me, having them half judging me. Have them saying, he don't know what he's talking about. Right? That, that's, that's what happened to me. Those are what my thoughts were when he first told me. I didn't anchor it in my heart that that was my dream. So the word that God has given you has to become your dream. Now, here's the great thing. It doesn't have to be single threaded. You can have more than one dream. Right. So just because he acts, says that you should minister doesn't mean that's the only thing you're going to do. Amen. Right. Let me give you, I want to give you something here. I'm going to read it slow because you've got, you got to pay attention to this, okay? 
The vision or dream God gives to a person or a ministry is the answer to what his purpose or plan is for a particular situation. All right. Y'all need to hear that again? All right. The vision or dream God gives to a person or a ministry is the answer to what his purpose or plan is for a particular situation. So here, this is what I want you to see. So I know that there have been times in my life when I said, God, what do you want me to do? God, how much time do I need to be waiting before I can do X? When is this door going to open? All right. And over time, I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear anything. He didn't say anything to me specifically to that. But then there came this one point where he said, won't you look at what I told you two years ago? Right. So what I'm saying is, is that sometimes God is going to give you your answer in that dream. Because sometimes we walk around and we say, God, well, what is our purpose? What is our plan for my life? Well, the dream that he gave you. The same one that you may have turned your nose up at initially. God, you really want me to do that? Well, that's part of his purpose and plan for you. But you didn't get that answer because you didn't receive the dream. You didn't receive that word. You didn't receive that God says. Right? So because it doesn't matter what your dream is, whether it's to open up a business, to be educated, uh, to have a family, right, to be a CEO, right, to have a church, to be a pastor, to be an elder. It doesn't matter what the dream is. If you're saved, then his light should be emanating from you. In that dream, you are affecting people. That is part of his purpose and plan. But we miss it sometimes. Because we say, God, that dream can't be for me. That word, no, I don't know about that. Amen. Does that make sense? Sometimes the answer that we're looking for, he's, he's actually already given it to us. He's given it to us. The thing is, is that <laughs> we, we're, we're trying to say, as Apostle said, we're trying to fulfill it. That, that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to walk, be obedient, to worship and acknowledge him. And through that, the dream will come just like he said. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. So now let, let's talk about a couple situations with, with Abram or Abraham. As we think about the things that he went through um, in this promise that he gave him about being a great nation, um, there are three observations that I want you to take note of that uh, Abraham went through um, as it relates to his dream. And we're going to read them because, you know, I like to show it to you in the word. I don't just say it. So we're going to turn to it. Amen. All right. So this first one is, is in Genesis 21. So let's go to Genesis 21. All right. So, and the Lord visited Sarah, and he said, and he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at a set time of which God had spoken to him. 
So as we talk about these observations that you need to have as God is fulfilling your dream in your life as you walk. The first observation is, is that time is not your enemy. Time is not your enemy. All right. So the reason by time Isaac is actually born, it's about 25 years after Abram got that initial word from God. 25 years. Not five years. 25. So during that time, there's a whole lot of stuff happening. Now, again, because I like to talk about me, I know there have been times in my life I'm like, God, when is this going to happen? Lord, I'm tired of waiting. Now, you didn't said it. Now, I believe you and it ain't, it ain't coming. So where is it at? Right? But this concept hits right at home for me because the time in between when he told me and when I actually receive it or it manifests on the earth, that's not my enemy, even though I thought it was. Because I thought, well, God, I'm just wasting time, man. I could have that now. I could have that blessing right now and be good. I could be enjoying it. But God says, no, time is not your enemy. Time is your development field. Time is your development field. During the time from when God told you to when you actually get it, it's a time for you to be developed by God. <laughs> now, I know in some situations in my life, it was only the time for me to complain. This and that, God, and this ain't happening, that ain't happening, working, that's not working, this should be working. I did do this, but I didn't do that, but why is this not happening? All of that complaining that I'm doing, I'm completely missing what I really should be focusing on, which is my development. Understanding that I need to get closer to him in worship. Understanding that I need to be reading his word more. Understanding that I should be seeking his heart. I'm not getting any of that. All I'm doing is complaining. It's an easy thing to fall into when you think time is your enemy. Time is not your enemy. It's your time to grow. It's your time to seek. It's your time to find him on a deeper level. It's like God is protecting us from ourselves. Because if I was really honest with myself, if I had actually gotten that blessing right when he said it, I, I wasn't ready for it. I'd have blown the whole thing up. <laughs> and then I would have been complaining, well, God, this didn't work. And been sobbing and doing all that. And he's saying, oh, it wasn't meant for you to get it then. God says there's an appointed time. There's an appointed time. Amen? So now I want to give you a little funny story. Cause I'll give you a funny story about me. About this time thing. So when I was a kid, right, I used to have uh, Friday nights with my grandmother. It was an awesome time. Once a month, I'd go to grandma's, and we we eat and watch movies and eat all the ice cream I could eat and basically get spoiled all up and then go home. All right, it was a great time. But one of these times, I had asked my mom I wanted to do something. And I said, Mom, can I, can I do this? And she said, 
no, no, you really need to wait. It's not the right time for you to get into that. So I thought I was slick. Now, y'all probably can see where this is going, right? You, you know what I did, right? <laughs> I waited right till I got to grandma's house and said, Ma, can I do X? And she's like, sure, baby, because I'm the grandson, right? Oh, go ahead. You can do that. And sure enough, I'm so happy and so naive <laughs> that I get up the next morning and go home and say, Ma, ha, ha, guess what I did? <laughs> then told it. That's right. You know, I was bold, right? <laughs> Mom, I did X. Oh, how'd you do that? Oh, I asked Grandma. Oh, Grandma let you do it? Oh, okay. Now, here's what was surprising. She just let it go. And I said, what? She ain't going to say nothing about this? Come on. I, I, thought, I thought she was trying to trick me. I kind of stayed away from her for most of the day. I was like, I know she's going to pop me in a minute. I know she's going to pop me in a minute. I know she's going to, no, she didn't. But then what happened was I had to eat the consequences of that decision. And when those consequences came around, my mom just said very politely, that's why I said not to do it. And then I learned, oh, maybe I should wait for mom's advice. Hmm, how interesting she was right. So since we have the children in the sanctuary with us today, I'm going to say, children, listen to your parents. I'm going to say it again because I know they didn't hear me the first time. Children, listen to your parents. They really know what they're talking about. Amen. <laughs> it was not a good time for me. I thought I had gotten over. <laughs> Amen. So the first observation that you need to make as you're walking toward your dream is that time is not your enemy. Time is not your enemy. Amen? All right, y'all ready for the second one? All right. So the second one is in uh, Genesis 22. All right, so let's flip over one chapter. All right, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son. It's interesting. That just stuck out to me, your only son. It's interesting that he said it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, Ishmael was already born, right? Okay. All right. Whom you love and go to the land of Morah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Okay, so again, here God is saying, he ain't even really going to tell you exactly where you're going, but he told him to go, right? All right, so the first, the first one is, time is not your enemy. The second observation is, is that God will see if the dream means more to you than he does. God will see if the dream means more to you than he does. Now, you got to understand, I mean, God laid this out pretty well, so I don't have to go into a whole lot of detail here. He was very explicit about who he was to offer up, 
Isaac, his only love, right? So now the question is, how do we respond to that? Because now we got we to put ourselves in the story like Apostle says, right? So God tells you a dream. You get on board with it. And then now it looks like, hold up, God. Why does it look like you aborting my dream? Now, I didn't say God did abort it. I said it looks like. So I'm very clear about what I said. It looks like it's going to be aborted, right? Because he confirms to him that Isaac is the seed that the nations will come through, not Ishmael, right? So he tells him explicitly, it is Isaac. So now, God, you told me that, and now you want me to offer him as a sacrifice? Hmm. God, you sure about that? All right. So now the question is, look at our lives. Have there been times in your life where it looked like that dream was going to be aborted? What was your attitude like? What was your attitude like? Did you love God enough to say, you know what, even if you take the dream, it's okay? Understanding that he's all powerful. So even if the vessel that he said was going to be used for that dream is no longer available, he can make it available again. He can do that, right? But it's more important about how we receive it. Now, what's great about Abraham is he received it with direct obedience right after the fact. He didn't hesitate. He didn't ask a bunch of questions. He didn't complain. He just went and did it. Now, what's interesting is as they're traveling there, even Isaac is starting to wonder, like, hey, 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 what's going on? Some stuff missing here, right? You said we were going to go worship God on the mountain, right? Uh, we got the knife and the fire and we got all that good stuff. <laughs> well, where's the sacrifice, right? <laughs> so Isaac ain't, <laughs> I mean, he's starting to look around like, hold up now, wait a minute, right? So Abraham says what? That God will make for himself a sacrifice, right? So even in that, even being pressed by other people, he was still obedient. Yes. He still understood where his faith lied. Oh, come on. So even when the situation is pressing you and saying that dream is getting ready to be aborted, you ain't getting that. What, what are you doing? How are you handling that? Are you still speaking faith-filled words at that point? I am going to encourage you to do so. Right. Because we've all had this stumbling block, I believe. I think I'm safe to say that. All right. I've done it as well. But understanding that God wants to make sure your heart is for him. It doesn't matter what that dream is. You need him to get it. So it's that classic saying, uh, we got to love the blessor more than the blessing. We have to, saints. Because there may be a time in your life where it, ain't, it looks like it ain't going to come true. Mm-hmm. What type of resolve are we going to have in ourselves when that happens? Are we going to be just whimpering? God, you said. Not understanding that he is truly God. Mm-hmm. And he can do this in many ways, though. Because sometimes this may not even be a full-fledged dream. It just may be circumstances in your life. I know for me, it was a job. I had to make a decision on my job whether or not I wanted to please my bosses or serve God. 
in my own life because they wanted me to work until I was dead. Every night there was a conference call. You got to be on this. Well, you know, I got Bible study night. We don't care about no Bible study. You got to work on the weekend. It's a Sunday. You got to be on this conference call. This client wants you on there. No, I go to church on Sunday. I don't know what you do. I'm not sitting around. You need to be on it. So I had to make a hard choice in my own life. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, but I'm going to say this first. This was my choice. This is how God did for me. I'm not saying it will be exactly the same for you, all right, before I put this out here. All right? But for me, because I wanted my career to be at a certain status, that was what was important to me. And it is still important to me to a certain degree. I done paid all that college, all that money, so I want some of that, I want some of that harvest off that education. I'm just going to keep it real with you. That school loan payment still comes for me. All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Every month. Okay. All right, I got that out of the way. All right, so, but for me, I had to make a decision. What was I going to do? Was I going to sacrifice growing in God so I could please this one area? Or was I going to pick God? That was the dilemma I had. Now, praise God, I will say I did pick God. I ended up actually stepping down from a position because I told them this isn't going to work. Now, and I will tell you, most of the people that I told I was going to do that told me you've got to be crazy because that's almost like career suicide. You're going to tell them you don't want to handle what they want to give you because that's what it's going to look like. They don't care about my relationship with Jesus. So to them, that's what I was telling them. I can't handle this. But I did it anyway. Now, here's the thing. It didn't completely turn around as soon as I did it either. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I, I done actually done it now. I done pulled the trigger. It's done. <laughs> I done been to HR. I done signed some papers. I done did it. I'm stepping down. And I didn't know for sure that I had made the right decision, saints. I'm going to be honest with you. Not at that point. I didn't know. But God has a way of showing you sometimes in the ways that you would never expect. So when I went in and had the final meeting with the bosses to do this and make an effective date, they looked at me and said, well, you know, Tim, we know you're stepping down. This is you know, obviously a decrease in money, too. Right? So it wasn't only just my, my status, so to speak, from a career standpoint. It was a money. And I'm not talking a little bit. But I went into that meeting, and they looked at me, and they said, but even though you're stepping down, because of the knowledge that you have, we're not even going to take your salary. So now, I'm making the same money that I was, 
but doing less. But God. Now, here's the key thing, though. I didn't know that when I did it. I had no clue. I had already started planning. Yep. We got the cut back, shorty. Because <laughs> it ain't going to be fat like that no more. <laughs> so, again, just to give you an example, saints. Sometimes. You're going to have to make a vital choice to follow God no matter what. No matter if that dream is on the line or not. Amen? All right. All right. So observation number two. Amen? Mm-hmm. God will see if the dream means more to you than he does. Amen. All right. The last one. Last one. Y'all all right so far? All right, so let's go to Genesis 16, and we'll finish this up. And again, we're going to start reading at verse 1. And it says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had bore him no children. And she she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. So again, now, it's interesting how, this, how God lays this out. So she has full knowledge that God is the one that she's not having the children, right? That he ultimately controls that. It's interesting. All right, so please go into my, hand, my maid, perhaps to obtain a child by her. All right? All right, so the last observation, the third observation is, there may be a temptation to take a shortcut to your dream. There may be a temptation to take a shortcut to your dream. All right. So now let me kind of lay kind of what's going on here. So after Abram gets that initial word about him in the nation, him being a great nation, it's about 10 or 12 years. Make sure my math is right. I think it's about 10 or 12 years to this point. Okay. So now, Abram knows that God told him that. Now, he's already old. So now, again, put yourself in the story, right? You're getting up there. God made you a promise, and it's been now 10 years. And you sitting there like, now, hold up now, God. I mean, like, I'm getting a little old here, right? And at this point, for this particular thing, his wife is not getting any younger either, Right? Now, the Bible isn't explicit at this point whether Sarah knows about the exact, um, the exact blessing what he told Abram. Okay? I could not find where she is involved, not up to this point. All right? So we're going to go on to something that she doesn't know initially. Okay? So she says, but she wants to have a child. Okay? Outside of what God promised was she still wants to have a child. So she getting a little antsy. She says, you know what? This ain't even about to happen. Let me go ahead and give Hagar to you. Now, here's the critical thing. Abram does know about it. And he says, oh, okay. (laughs) 
Now, we, we, we know that this wouldn't be happening in this time and fashion, all right? All right, but that brother didn't argue at all. <laughs> he just said, okay. All right? So at this point now, because he knows about what God has already told him, he is now listening to his wife. All right? So you hear what I'm saying? Okay, so I am not saying that is that you should not listen to your wife. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying in this particular situation, because he knows the promise, he knew that this was a kind of a way out. All right, God, well, since you ain't going to do it through her, all right, I'll go ahead and do this. Right? So what I'm talking about is, is when we try to make a man-made intervention. <laughs> When we say, God, you, you just ain't going fast enough. I'm going to just make this happen myself. I'm going to just do it my way. I ain't thinking about what you're talking about, God. You didn't took too long. I'm tired of waiting. All right? So the position that Abram should have been in is, is that he should have had a spirit of patience, understanding that God would not lie. All right? However... Because we're in this flesh and things happen, that may not be always what happens. All right? So he's intervening, so to speak. Well, if I can't get it this way, I'm going to just get it another way. Now, I know I've said that to myself. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I ain't doing it that way. I'm going to just try to make this happen myself. There ain't no faith in it. It's all about my abilities. My way of doing things. My plan. All right, so I'm the only one that has ever said that. Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one that has ever said that. Now, you may not have said it out loud, but you said it. I'm doing my way, God. I mean, you, <laughs> you said it, right? And even if you haven't said it, maybe you know of a situation where someone has said it. So we can experience this. But what is that? That is a way to try to get us off course of what God really has for us. The full blessing that he has because we're trying to make it happen. So it's a man-made shortcut. And it's going to be tempting. So when that dream is not coming as fast as you think, there will be a temptation to try to do it yourself. There will always be a temptation to do that. But our posture needs to be getting in prayer. Mm -hmm. Using godly wisdom, worship, fellowshipping with the saints, loving other people. That's the position we need to have instead of seeing that temptation. We need to be continuing to walk by it. Amen. So the third observation is, is that there will be a temptation to take a shortcut to your dream. So, all right. So in closing, family, I believe God has awesome things for us this year and for the rest of our lives. And that he's given us the tools. He's given us godly revelation about what our faith should be doing through expectation. That's what we have been receiving. And you need to see it as godly wisdom. If you don't, you're going to miss we have to see this as 
God, you are 100% assured that the expectation is going to happen. It's going to happen. Not that it might happen. It's going to happen. But as we continue to walk, there's still going to be things that are going to happen. So that's where I'm hoping that these observations through Abram's life, that you may be able to bypass those as we walk. So that we, uh, yeah, I see that coming. Yeah, I'm not going to do that, though. Yeah, I see that mindset coming, but I'm not going to have it. I see that situation on the horizon, but I'm not going to fall in it. That's what this is about. This is all about awareness, guys. God has given us the tools to be aware of the things that have tripped us up in the past. And the things that trip us up is, is that we believe time is our enemy. We sometimes put the dream before God. And sometimes we try to take a shortcut to get to it. Because we believe God is taking too long to accomplish it in our lives. Amen. Amen. So I hope that this, this message blessed you. I hope that you got something out of it. Amen. And this just adds on to what Apostle talked about last week. Amen. So if you put it all together, we've got some great tools on how we need to walk toward our destiny and our purpose and our dreams. And understanding that sometimes that dream or that vision that you have is the answer that you're looking for. I would encourage you to ask God. Because I don't know. I'd be lying if I told you I knew. But he knows. Amen. All right. Was that all right, family? Amen. 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 All right. All right. Praise God. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.